pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby and support us on Patreon. All right, I'm your host, Kagi, and tonight I am joined by Harry. Harry, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks. Very good. And Nelson, how are you, mate? And I'm doing very well. Can't complain. Excellent. And uh, as you may have guessed already, tonight we're doing a foreign correspondent call. We're all calling in from uh, various parts of Australia, but um, we've uh, we've done a bit of prep and we're ready to go. Uh, we've all had extremely busy weekends, watched as much footy as we could. Um, and look, we would we're almost going to get away without celebrating. Uh, this this brings up my fiftieth cap, which I think Harry would be um, very happy about. Um, yeah, giving me uh, big raps on. Correspondence, it doesn't actually count. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'm, I think Nelson and I are closer, so you're more of a correspondent uh, than I am. But, um, I'm recording, so that means that I'm the only close one. All right, well, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. Um, all right, well, without further ado, uh, let's let's rip in. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is our, for in tonight's pod, I guess, for Entree, we're going to review Super Rugby 2020 Round 1. How good. We're, uh, we're in and firing. For main course, we're going to preview round two uh, and what to, what's to come. And for dessert, just a little website and stats update. So what's going on with the draftrugby.com platform. So, yeah, we're back into the round reviews, back into our groove. Um, we, I think we all wish we had a bit more time to completely watch all the footy and uh, get a bit more prep for tonight's pod. But... Um, Let's just rip in, eh? Uh, I think I'm going to take us on the first game. Um, so first to note, um, we had seven games this week with the Highlanders having to buy in round one. And um, the first game on Friday night footy, uh, an earlier time now in New Zealand, the 5.05 kickoff in, a, in Australia. So basically... Yeah, every game... Start. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Every game's actually uh, half an hour early this year. I'm pretty sure more family-friendly, they're saying. Is it is it every game or is it just the the Kiwis have moved at half an hour earlier? Well, uh, it was the no, same on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I mean, were the Aussie games earlier as well? Like, were they yeah, were. still half an hour earlier? They were. Oh, okay. Pretty um, excellent. Well, I mean, for us, that's just made it harder. I mean, it just means that uh, you know you literally have to start watching as the workday finishes um, at five. You don't even have the half an hour to get home. Um, but um, <clears throat> either way, nothing will prevent us from watching footy. We're always pumped for that uh, that Friday 5 p.m. New Zealand game. So, yeah, it, the Blues Chiefs, it um, certainly didn't disappoint. Uh, took a while to get going, to ramp up. The first half perhaps looked a little bit like an Aussie derby. A few handling errors, a bit of, bit of rust that needed to, to come off. But um, that second half, wow, that is was worth waiting for. What a, what a game. Um, so in terms of getting in, sticking to our structures... Uh, in, uh, we have no players returning yet because this is round one. Um, I mean, we could talk about how we should have seen DMAC returning, but uh, he was pulled in the 11th hour um, after the team list was uh, announced. Harry, how would you feel about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I picked him up knowing that that was going to happen, so that was fine. But um, I was going to say on the casualty ward as well, I do have the full list of returning players, the guys that 
had had injuries through either the uh, the off season or from last year for long term injuries, and also the guys from injuries in the trials as well. So there were a few, but it's round one, so I don't think any of them were too important to mention. Very good. Um, and it occurs to me that um, we haven't actually put up a we haven't had time to put up a post of um, our OG league draft and how it all went down. So you'll have to kind of ascertain uh, which players we got in our draft as we go on through this episode, but we'll certainly be sure to post up um, an article this week so you can see how it all ended up for us um, and uh, which which favourites we got uh, in our fantasy teams. But look, well, stick to the game. While, so, we are, uh, uh, while we are on the topic sorry. of our fantasy league, last year it was pretty predictable. I kept winning, you guys kept losing. Can we touch base and just see how we're going in 2020? Nelson, how'd you go on the weekend? Uh, mate, I actually... Pulled out a bit of a tactic. I picked a lot of high, uh, Highlanders guys that no one picked, so I didn't have very many starters. And I also thought this is a chance with these team lineups. We're going to know a whole lot more coming into round two. So I thought if I get a loss in round one, I can actually pick up someone good coming through early on. So I only played with, I think, 11 players this week. Very predictable. I knew exactly I was going to be playing with 11. There was no surprises there. Uh, I'll get a few big names like Luke Jacobson coming in in a week or two as well. So I took a loss to to try and see if I can pick up some guys. Everyone was a bit bit nervous on picking from the Highlanders and see if they'll pay off and, and get an early pickup as well. So your your tactic for this year to stop the two years of wooden spooning is to throw games early and pick up guys with long-term concussions. I like it. I like it. It's not conventional, but I guess you had to change something. And Kagi, mate, uh, yourself? Yeah, mate, I just hit the ground strong. But look, further while we're heaping on Nelson, I mean, nothing's changed in 2020. Um, now, look, he's he's really going to try to build that false sense of security. He hasn't realised that he's done that over the last two years um, of work. But, um, you know, anyway, good it's, it's good to see. He's... <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm confident it. in my team. I'm not stressed. Early days. That was all the pre-season prep that made a lose, mate. That's, that's why I'm confident. <laughs> Well, look, um, Harry, how did I go this weekend? Look, I'm fairly sure that uh, I have suffered my first loss, first and only, let's just say and only loss of the year. Um, I, <laughs> and one of the one of the players we're just about to talk talk about is uh, someone I was particularly devastated I didn't pick up in the draft. He was, he was one that you and I both kind of had in our back pocket and we're seeing how, uh, how far down we could go. And it's none other than oh, Samusoni Takuaho, who is uh, very close yeah, to our band. That. Did I? All right. Well, he was very close yeah, to our fantasy man of the match. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, he had 82 points uh, in this game. So what a way to start off. Two tries, and he'll be starting all year for the Chiefs. So Harry yeah, was uh, delighted in watching that. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, look, but yeah. Um, I um I picked up my now. first pick, uh, Falau Fainga, going. He was the one that I thought was going to be starting every week and confident. And I actually had my second. My second choice hookup was Takiaho. And I think other than us three, no one else in our group even had markers on this bloke. And uh, in that first game, he's already shown what he, what he can do. He has. My, my love of picking up Taniela Tupo before him was, uh, it was my Achilles heel. So um, I'm going to pay for that for a bit. But um, anyway, now getting to the game. Look, speaking of front rowers um, uh, and injuries, there was, you know, the Chiefs, Chiefs props just seem to like to get injured so, um, over the years. I mean, it's only a couple of years ago that they seemed to be down four or five props and they were bringing in people from uh, anywhere they could. And so 
they started off the year, you had to say, looking at their squad, that they just had absolute depth. Um, and, yeah, look, I mean, essentially, Nepo Laulala, All Blacks tight head, he went off 20 minutes in. Angus Tarvau came on. He went off not long later, so um, two tight heads gone. And that meant that Artu Moli, uh, All Black Artu Moli, who was on the bench to start the season um, as a loose head, he came on and played tight head. So... The Chiefs have already gone down two of their all-black tight head props. Um, we're obviously we'll be waiting to see how uh, serious those injuries are. But, but, yeah, it was an interesting one. So um, that meant Aiden Ross had to play the full 80. Um, bagged himself a try for me, actually. How good? Uh, I think he got 51 fantasy points. But, um, but yeah, that. so you have to watch watch this space with these Chiefs injuries and um, see how that plays out. But, look, into the game, let's talk about what happened. Um I'm, I'm sure I'm going to cop a lot for uh, my boy Akira Iwani, uh sitting out. So I picked him up in the draft fairly, I think it was my second pick, so pretty high up there and um, wasn't phased with uh, Hoskins Satutu getting the start. I thought they were just trying ah. to give Akira the big you big wake-up call. Wake um, you didn't know that he wasn't in the squad, though, when you did that, right? What, what do you mean? I knew he wasn't picked on the match day 23. Oh, and you still picked him at second pick? Mate, it's secure you want it, yeah? you, 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 you He makes it. me nervous. He makes me nervous. It, well, it's, it's an attitude thing with him, right? Like, the, he's apparently was switched on this year. He wanted to have a big year. And they've already left him out of that match day 23 for game one. And Hoskins Tutu came in and absolutely dominated. If that doesn't make you at least a little bit nervous that he's going to be getting a lot less minutes this year, even if it's 20 minutes off the back of the game he's losing, 25, 30 minutes, that's really seriously going to hurt him in the long run if he's got a guy there that's doing well. Yeah, mate, look, uh, not worried. Um, it's a Kiriwani. He's going to be the all-black uh, number eight at the end of the year. Oh. So, um, yeah, Hoskins, Satutu can sit down. But, look, there is no denying he had an absolutely incredible game. He was the fantasy man of the match with 86 points. And, boy, did he light it up. He was into absolutely everything. So, um Yes, uh, some people would be worried, but uh, yeah, you have little faith, I say. Akira is coming back, and he's coming back with a vengeance. If anything, this competition is going to bring out even more in from him. He's he's had yeah. no one pushing him before two years, played every single oh, yeah, game. Just, now he's got a bit of a challenge. Just like that competition for the All Blacks jersey that he's, I mean, he's that competition's done so well for him last year, didn't it? <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, but look. It's it's his jersey now, mate. It's it's uh, it's his to take, he's, and uh, he's just he's now he wasn't getting spurred on at the local level, you know. He was only he was only the higher honors. So now he's getting spurred on at the you know every day to day. So it's going to bring out the best. Oh. But um, anyway, en- enough on him. Um, the Blues were super dominant in the first half. Um, uh, Tony, uh, not Tony, not he, Lamborn. I forget his first name. Um, he opened the scoring uh, with the, the first try, and how good was he? Um, you know, they dropped. Uh, <laughs> Blake Gibson was captain last year. They stripped him of that and uh, extensively just so that they could drop him from the starting team. They were just like, look, if you have your cap, if someone's your captain, you generally have to start them. But with Blake Gibson, they were like, we've got Dalton Papalee, we've got Tom Robinson, Big Red, and now we've got Lamborn. Like, yeah, sorry, mate. You can, uh, you know, Lamborn, fight with him. He was exciting. He was an absolute monster, that man. Mm, absolutely. Um, someone else who was exciting uh, and... Perhaps he's back now that he's not in Nelson's fantasy team. Rico Yawani, the dominant double, two tries. And, I mean, how good was that second one where he just steamrolled over Quintapaya? There's nothing oh. like uh, 
that kind of welcome to to, rug, to Super Rugby for, for Queen. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the no, introduce, was, introduction uh, of that I would hope to see when watching the Blues play and more. He was so good. That's it. So it'll be interesting to see where um, you know, like obviously he said he wants to play centre, and that's something we we'll have to watch uh, all season. Um, Joe Joe Marchant, uh, look, he had an all right game. I think Harry was more impressed than uh, I think it was due. I, th- I thought he was a little bit absent. I don't think he'd made any mistakes. But um, he's on my fantasy team, so I was I was eagle eyeing him, seeing what he was doing. He just ran good lines. He he put people through a few holes, and he made a good overs line break as well. And I think he's fitted well with TJ Fiani, to be honest with you. Yeah, look, I think TJ TJ Fiani was really the standout of the two of them. I think he had a lot more impact. Joe Marchant, I, I mean, he ran 23 metres. He made a couple passes. He beat no one. He's got no line breaks, no offloads. He missed two of his five tackles. So, I mean, he ran a couple good lines, but... I mean, he, he definitely didn't stand out. He wasn't too exciting. So, I mean, if there's a few more games like that, I'm sure we're going to see him moving to the bench and Rico get that shot. But he's a very talented guy. So, I mean, he, it's just going to take a bit of time probably to get used to the, the speed of Super Rugby. Very true, yeah. And look, I mean, no one loves Rico more than me, but I have to say, the man's a winger. You know what I mean? Like, he could be an absolute gun centre, but I reckon he's, you know, he can be the best winger in the world, so it's it's pretty yeah. hard to not play him there, right? You don't yeah. lose weight to go then move into centres from the wing. You lost weight, he's gotten quicker. Leave the man on the wing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I think I called it straight off the bat. I was sitting watching the game with the super sub neighbour, and I was just like, there's a scrum here, Rico inside ball, he's going on the post, bang. You know, that play was just... You knew it was coming, and they still couldn't stop him. Ran steamrolled through two of them under the post. He's just power and speed so very good for yeah. him exciting after look i mean we, we, we were saying in the before the draft that um he had a he didn't have a very good year last year but he still ended up with such a high average so if he's back then um he could well be one of the top centers this year now moving swiftly on um yeah what, what do we say <clears throat> a re- return of aaron cruden so he got on off the bench um he was coming back they'll kind of give him the same rest as the rest of the all blacks um because he had hadn't had his insurance like contract signed, so he hadn't played a lot with the squad. Um, but so they're kind of just easing him back in. Anyway, he came on. He looked absolutely hungry, um, and he really got involved. So I mean, some people are thinking he's a bit old, but no. Look, he um, he really was lifting the pace and like back to his best form. I think in the Chiefs, like he made an absolutely gun offload through two people to set Alamalo up for the try in the corner. Um, he's well, exciting. So. Uh, yeah. There was a 14-point uh, deficit when he turned up that he had to try and um, overcome. And not only did he do that, he then brought them eight p- points ahead. In, I thought he was pretty, pretty good at controlling that game for sure. Yeah, he was excellent. Very good. Speaking of the 10s, I thought Parafranchise para was a bit of a flop. Um, yep. Look, he actually scored pretty well in fantasy, but um, didn't think he had a particularly good game. Uh, likewise, Caleb Trask. Sorry, I have to mention Caleb. So he started for the Chiefs, the young 10. Um, also, their kicking was, wasn't great. So, um, I think so the, sto- the, sto- the story there is I think Para Franchise will probably still get another shot, um, even with a Terra Black in the wings. But but I think it's quite clear that Aaron Cruden will be in and starting for most of the time for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. I, I, la- I would last point on the- de- definitely worth noting as well that once Plummer came on, he took over the goal kicking immediately, but they did push Para Feta back to fullback as well. So, obviously, they're trying to groom him for that fullback role and see if he can actually handle it. 
Yeah, exactly. And for when Bowden Barrett comes back later in the season. Um, mm. Cool. Other things to note. Yeah, I think the, the Blues, um, All Blacks props off the bench made a huge impact. Big Carl and Offer. Carl, uh, Big Carl bagging himself a, a try. But no, they absolutely, they just got through a mountain of work when they came on. A bunch of tackles, a bunch of really big carries. Uh, and they were just bullying everyone. Um, so they were they were quite enormous. I think they're going to have big years. Um, and Carl ended up you know, scoring 48 points and Offer wasn't too far behind. These are both, these are off the bench. So, um, yeah, if they get more minutes, they're just going to get through more of that work. Um, and that's how they're going to be used, which is going to be good. Um, and lastly, uh, Mark Talea worth a mention uh, on the Blues wing. He was, he was brilliant. Um, he just looked exciting. You know what I mean? He kind of got involved in everything. 43 fantasy points. Um, yeah, he's, he could be one to, to watch like a smoker to pick up. Um, I think there's yeah. going to be some competition for those. Another wing spot, but um, yeah, what did you think, Nels? Yeah, look, I, I think he he showed a lot of points. He's really really quite a dynamic winger. I mean, I, I don't really know how those pieces are going to fall together with them with Talea as well, and and a few other guys around those outside back spots. So I think that's one definitely to watch. I, I'd be I'm still nervous to be picking up Talea, um, but I mean, if you if you need someone, there's no one else there. Maybe he's not a bad shout for a week if he if he is starting. Yep, fair. All right, and uh, look, let's just round it out. Um, we're speaking of the uh, for this game for too long, but look, top fantasy performance we said Hoskins for two two was your fantasy man of the match on eighty six. Samasoni Takaho eighty two, Rico fifty five, Solomon Alamolo fifty four. Wow, I really butchered that name. And um, and you had the big props, Aiden Ross with fifty one, and Big Carl with forty eight. So, I think that'll do us for the the Blues Chiefs, and um, certainly a lot to be excited about for for them coming up so um yep. okay. yeah why don't I'm we move swiftly up. along to the Brumbies next and the reds sorry i just can't waste another second on that game brumbies reds 27 <laughs> to 24 the brumbies got up by three points in the end there was one injury to brendan pangramosa to his ankle pretty disappointing from him to see him go down when he finally got a start over alex murphy um but Murphy was pretty decent off the bench as well. I thought first 10 minutes, the Brumbies were really great. They were really solid in defense, really fast line speed, and they really controlled the game. And from there, it kind of opened up a little bit for the Reds. And from the 10-minute mark all the way through to halftime, I thought they were really on top of the game. They looked the far better team. I was really excited watching them. Um, Isaac Lucas in particular, I thought was very good. Um, the the Reds were dominating the scrum of the all Wallabies front row, which was very unexpected. Tanielu uh, Tupo were in particular was Taniela Tupo, sorry, was really dominant over uh, Scott Seo. Uh, in the second half, the Brumbies did get a little bit better, especially as the subs started to come on. Most important thing I thought for fantasy managers in that first game was Solomon Akata, the way they used him. They used him as that big ad line ball runner from line out and scrum, which would massively decrease the lines that Choo Choo was running, Tavita Kurin's running all of last year. Yeah, oh, mate. I mean, how exciting was Solomon Okata? The first first time I saw him take a hit up, just sprinting in like that, uh, I was just like, he's, he's a player on my team. He's, he's a Kagi type of player. Um, I think you're right. I think he's clearly got a role to play, and I, I see him having um, a big, big minutes this year. It would be hard, hard not to use him. Yeah. Um, so halftime went in at 17-7. to 7. The Reds were up, and then from there, the Reds just went to sleep. The Brumbies took over. Tom Wright had a few good injections, looked really good hot-stepping as well. So both the wingers does well. 
uh, doing well, and obviously that uh, might not bode too well for Tony Pulu. I'm not sure why he didn't start this time. Um, the Brumbies rolling mall does still work for fantasy managers out there for Laufenga scoring a try late. Um, other players I thought was noteworthy. James O'Connor and Jordi Pattaya didn't really click in their first game together. Pattaya was just shut down by Karandrani, who's obviously quite a good defensive centre. Isaac Lucas and Bryce Hegarty, they shared the goal kicking, so that's pretty important for goal, for managers as well. Probably a plus for Hegarty and a negative for Lucas, I guess, if you're weighing up who you thought might take over that. And then the last one for me was Harry Wilson at number eight for the Reds. The young the oh. young number eight was awesome. He was the oh, top mate. for run, 13. Yep. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I know it's... I. I was playing him in fantasy this week, but I, I couldn't. I could overcome that for how excited I was with how good he was. I mean, mm. he's only what twenty years old, and he was absolutely lighting it up. Like he was yeah. smashing people. He was putting breaks, putting amazing offloads. He has an absolute skill set, um, and he wasn't worried at all. Yeah, he had no fear, no fear at all. That guy just ran straight into the the brick wall of defense, like like he was running at other guys from under twenty. Like there was no fear in the step up at all. 100 yeah, chest cap wallaby. You heard it here first. All right. Um, <laughs> six, six tackle busts, a clean break, two offloads and four turnovers, one as well. So he just did it all. Um, look, the uh, the possession and territory are pretty even in this one. Um, most of the stats were pretty even. Run meters, 370 to 308. Defenders beaten, 23 to 20. So all pretty tight. The defense was pretty average at 83%. Tackle success to the Brums, 79 for the Reds. Uh, and both lineouts were relatively solid, just dropping a couple each in a game that had a lot of them. Uh, who was the fantasy man of the match there, Craigs? It was the man we were just speaking of, Harry Wilson, 55 points, and rightly so. Um, and Not I guess bad just on in the next. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the next couple of players, I'll just quickly rattle them off. Tommy Banks, 45, bagged himself a try with that great line, just a, you know your bread and butter Tommy Banks play. Um, uh, Captain Alan Alatoa, uh, 43 points. Uh, and then surprisingly, yeah, I was surprised James O'Connor scored so well. But uh, uh, both on 41 yeah. points, we, we had Wright and James O'Connor. Yeah, yeah I think uh, O'Connor didn't look too shabby, actually. I think it was more Patea getting shut down. But uh, O'Connor seemed to be a pretty good link man, not playing how he used to play uh, back in the early days. He was certainly involved in a lot, wasn't he? Um and I just mentioned as well, Tommy Wright. I mean, what a game did he have? He he was someone was who I had big raps on last. I had big raps on him last year, and uh, he just couldn't find all that much game time. But I think, um, yeah, the interesting question from this now is where do we fit Tony Pulu in? You know, he's a he's a and, class winger himself. But um, yeah, unless they unless they're going to move Solomon Carter, I wouldn't actually mind seeing Carter in at, at twelfth, just playing that yeah, Ramape Mar- Mar- role. Um, I'm really enjoying that. Literally just went through this about two minutes ago. But, yeah, completely agree to the point where I said the exact same thing. All right, boys. Excellent. Is there anything else in that game, Craig? No. No one. All right. No, that's it, I think. So I'm going to chat about the Sunwolves-Rebels, the game that probably frustrated most Aussies out there uh, over the weekend. The Sunwolves took this game 36-27. to It was one of those games that generally, I mean, you're going to expect the Rebels to not necessarily put a full-strength team out um, when you're versing the Sunwolves. They didn't really shy away from that. It was pretty close to a full-strength team. Obviously, we're in 100% sure about a few picks, and that back row sort of was a little bit bit of an odd one with uh, Robert Leota playing seven. But 
Look, the Rebels for me, they were a massive flop. They they seemed rudderless. There was there's no real control in the team. Um, for the first uh, a little bit of the game, I think they they did show a, a few tiny promising signs. But as soon as um, they were pressured a little bit by um, the Sunwolves, they I mean they they really just fell apart. Someone who stood out for me was um, the outside centre um, Maria from the Sunwolves. He actually, I mean. He scored the first try. He set up uh, Tarsi, and I'm pretty sure it was at a real long wide pass as well, um, yeah, right, right to left. Yeah, cut, cut out a few people. I'm pretty sure to hit him on the on the chest and, and put him into the corner. Yes, Kagi. Does he not look? Does he not look like he's about ten years old though? I mean, he he has a baby face if I've ever seen one. You know what I mean? Like, looks like a child among yeah. men. Yeah, he, he definitely looks young. He's 25, but he's he looks he looks much younger than that. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, this was just a, a terrible display from the Rebels. And I mean, sadly, at the moment, looking at that, what they offered, I feel like this is probably not too early to say that this is going to be what I'm expecting from them, to be 100% honest, that they've lost a lot of pe- uh, sort of controlling figures in their team. And uh, people just didn't really stand up. And I mean, I'm sure it's early days for them, but it was it was pretty dismal um, watching them. At halftime, they were, I think they were down 13-22 and just got away from them, um, and they couldn't bring themselves back into it. Um, both of the teams, I thought, were pretty poor in defence. Um, there was a, a rolling more try, I think, or, or dominant rolling moors on, on both sides. But realistically, I mean, the Sunwolves had 74% tackle success, and the Rebels had 73%, which is pretty atrocious. Um, possession was pretty much 50-50. Um, but the Sunwolves ran in 501 compared to 344 run metres. They actually just did more with the ball in hand. Um, they beat 38 to 25 defenders, and they made 15 to 10 line breaks. Um, both teams missed a couple kicks, uh, so they didn't really play much of a role. Line-out for the Sunwolves was really good, pretty weak for the Rebels. They lost three of their 19. Um, and, I mean, there wasn't that many scrums in the game. The Rebels only had one of their own feet, I'm pretty sure. Um, in terms of people that stood out, in terms of the fantasy side of things, Dane Halepetti, I think he had a really good game. He split that line a few times. He actually walked away as the man of the match with 67 points. Um, I think he bagged himself a try. Um, he ran 14 times. He made three line breaks. He de- beat seven defenders. So he actually offered a fair bit. And, I mean, he, he's not the quickest man on the paddock, but he really did split that defensive line. Um, other people that sort of had pretty good games as well. There was quite a few up there in this game. Jabba Bragvadza, who, I mean, I, I thought about picking him up as my backup hooker, and it's just hard to know and, and to pick up these Rebels, uh, these Sunwolves guys. But he's one of the four guys that were there last year. He had a really good game, solid all around the paddock. Garth April surprisingly did quite well with 56 points. Yeah, what's that, Kagi? Yeah. I was going to say exactly how many how many Sunwolves you picked up in our draft. I think it was one. You know, it's uh, nothing to know, yeah, but it I is it's it certainly good to know that um, there's still plenty of fantasy. There's still going to be plenty of fantasy points Sunwolves game because it's just it's just all loose running rugby, right? So this game had heaps yeah, of points. Sure. I, I think someone that maybe it might be the best season to get them. They've only got 23 players, so you know they'll play every week. <laughs> Very true. I, uh, one person that I think is worth a notable mention, although he did bomb a few things, was Richard Hardwick. He came on, he played a bit less than a half, 
um, and he still walked away with 43 points. So I think he didn't do too too shabby himself. Um, ben Teo, he, he took a, a few good sort of lines and, and punched a, a few holes, but um, I think still, I mean, not, not too shabby, but I'm going to need to see a lot more from him before I really want him on my side. He's just there for the, for the holiday and for the, for the sushi. Oh, one person I don't want to leave out, Callaway. I think Callaway played brilliant. I mean, he, he spent a few years at the Tars, never really sort of came through as much as we'd hoped um, as a, a really awesome under-20s player. I think he's the most capped or equal most capped with Hugh Roach, unless that's changed in the last couple of years. But he had 53 points. He made quite a few um, impactful runs. And I, he's someone that I'm excited to see develop throughout the year on the back of this this back line. Um, as long as that that nine ten can sort of take a bit more control, and we'd have to think he, he's locked down that um, other wing jersey, right? Him and him and Corey Beatty. So yeah, um, you'd assume so. He, uh, you'd assume so. He he beat five defenders and he had four line breaks, ran eighty seven meters, and he took his chances. So I mean, I'd be very surprised if you didn't see him starting again next week. For sure, I actually haven't a chance to watch that game. I definitely will be because uh, I did pick up DHP, but I. Certainly didn't expect it going that way. All right, well, how about we move on to the next game? Harry, do you want to take us through the Sharks and Bulls? Yeah, Sharks versus Bulls, 23 to 15, no injuries, no one returning, but it's hard to get injured when you don't actually make a single tackle. So uh, (laughs) I'm just going to read out my notes and my thoughts as I went rather than trying to summate this because this is pretty much how it went. So first half, classic (laughs) war fest that is a Saffa Derby. Only excitement was the wingers having a crack on the counter. Otherwise, it was just set piece and kicking number 10s. Stane also kicked a drop goal when it was 6 all with three minutes left in the first half. Someone must have spiked the commentator's copy because they seemed to be enjoying this shit. Sharks line out was shit. <laughs> Half-time score, Sharks, 6, Bulls, 9. Not sure how many tries they scored each. First try came through on Kosi in the second half off the back of a very poor cross-kick from Kerwin Bosch to no one. It bounced in the dead ball line, and he somehow pulled it out from his absolute raw athleticism. Oh, that was awful by Speckman, though. Awful defence. Oh, so bad. Uh, in contrast to the New Zealand Derby, the goal kicking was actually exceptional. That was a positive. And then from there, the game <laughs> opened up a little bit more in the second half. Both teams had a bit more of a go. I'd say the last 20 minutes was a bit more worth watching. Just turn it on from there if you're going to watch. You won't have missed anything before that. Um, the Bulls reserve front row was very, very good as well. They've got very good depth there. There was a huge Falcon worth watching. I, I reckon that's the only thing. <laughs> Might be the only thing on the highlights reel, so it should be easy to find. Warwick Holland just... Is that the best thing... Johnny Cotts, yeah. I was going to say, is that the best thing Johnny Cotts did that game? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's the best, 100%, yeah. best thing he's ever done. We were worried that Kerwin Bosch wouldn't score well as a fly half because he didn't score as well as a fly half as he did in a fullback last year, and he didn't. He didn't score well. I don't know if you have the actual numbers in front of you, Craigs, but uh, he was pretty um, average. No. Again, I was actually surprised. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm just bringing it up now. I think he got 40 points, which um, oh, you know was make the liar out of me. He was terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but uh, yeah, he's he's still. Where is it? He did come away with yep, oh, 37 points. So close to that. Um, this yeah, game he's was average was, from was, last year. So exactly as you've alluded to, this game was not one for fantasy points. Rather, it was the uh, the old versus new kickers, Mornay versus Bosch. Are we are we giving the South African players points for kicking meters now? <laughs> no, uh, like I mean, if we wanted to even up the the conferences for fantasy points, maybe, but uh, but no, uh, we're not. We should so, minus so last, last point on the, 
Last point on the game as well was Sanelis Nahamba, who obviously has big raps as the young number nine. He came on and they, he scored a very good try off a scrum. Andre the Giant busted a tackle and then got his arms free in the second tackle and threw this like looping offload behind a dummy runner to Nahamba on the outside line who just put the gas on and scored under the post. It was pretty good to watch. I'm really excited watching him play. Um, look, 70 uh, kicks actually, in action. Actually, that's my summary for the game. <laughs> yeah, true. I was going to say, I actually felt like that ball from Andre, he was meaning to throw it inside to arm, but it just kind of came off a little bit loose. Nah, I mean, if, it, if they did mean to do what they did, throw it behind arm um, to um, Oh well, it was yeah, it was sick. But how 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 gun was not like God, he was quick. Kind of a little Herschel Yachis esque, uh, if you will. But um, yeah, certainly more exciting than Louis Schrader. So uh, hopefully we... he def- he definitely turned on that pace when he got that ball. Yeah, last couple of points. Uh, tackle success: eighty percent sharks, seventy six percent of the balls. So I mean, South African teams can't play a forward game if they can't tackle. So they're going nowhere this year. And I'll be brutally <laughs> honest. And the Sharks lost four of their 14 lineouts. Karen Van Vuren looked much worse than I remember him from last year. He, he just didn't have his throwing right at all. So that was quite disappointing. Fantasy man of the match, hey, Craig's hey. round out. Just give me the top one. That's all I want to know. I, I will, but I was just going to say the Bulls, uh, even without their big their gun locks, all the locks they've lost still look like they're strong in the lineout. You know, they lost Snyman and Lude Diago, all these guys. But, um, yeah, the only, only player worth mentioning was uh, Warwick Helant, uh, 39 points, our fantasy man of the match. To be honest, uh, I didn't really see him do all that it. much. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. If it's under 40, why are we even talking about it? So, with yeah, that, let's yeah. move on to a game that is worth talking about. Oh. And um, hopefully, I mean, we could talk forever about this game. So, Harry, you're going to have to rate us in on this one. Yeah, look, I, th- this is the Crusaders Waratahs. This was a, a great game, mainly based on both teams showed intent. It was very different levels in execution. Uh, the Crusaders took out the win 43 to 25. But, I mean, it was great to see the Waratahs willing to throw the ball around and back each other up. The execution just at times was, was really lacking. They they created some opportunities um, and they just fell apart with a poor pass or, or something simple that they, they bombed. Uh, a couple handling errors, things like that as well. But it was it was still a really good game to to watch. The Tars just need to tighten up their defence a whole lot as well if they're going to want to compete uh, with the tougher teams in this competition. Um, Moanga, before the match, he handed Havili the, the kicking reins because he said he had a tight groin. Um, Havili did not stress out about that at all, and he looked brilliant off the, off the tee, kicking some long-distance kicks straight over the black dot. Um, I mean, I, I'm just going to froth him heavily here for a little bit because he was so exciting. Um, he was awesome at fullback. He shifted into 12, and he looked even better. What did you think of him, Kagi? Oh, I was just going to say, mate, fa- not only fantasy man of the match, fantasy man of the round 98 points, yes. too shy of the hunch. Huge, huge from him. Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to rattle off some of his game stats? Look. Like games that's 13, 13 carries, four line breaks, 11 defenders beaten, over 110 oh. metres. I mean, it was just, he. I think he, he kicked, um, oh, it was four, I think he, he kicked four, four from, five from six. I don't know, he missed like two kicks out of like, I don't know, uh, eight or something. Like, I, love, I love how you said he got over 110 runner metres. He got 111. <laughs> but that is, <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, you know you can rely on me for specifics. It's a uh, yeah. Look, 
the biggest thing that I can take out of that game right there is not only are Crusaders serious contenders, I mean, like, they can just shift those puzzle pieces around and still look brilliant. I mean, I honestly would love to see Havili playing 12, shifting Goodhue back to 13, which I think I prefer him much more at that 13. Havili slotted in there as a second playmaker, finding gaps. It did not, it didn't affect his game in a negative way whatsoever. He just took more control. Um, what did you think, Craig? I'm going to have to disagree strongly because I did pick up Braden Eno in the draft. Um, actually Look, got him as my second pick. I'm surprised he was still around. Think, but, um, it, yeah, I was just going to say, he Braden absolutely Enno, lit it up. Yeah, look, yeah. no, Braden Eno has still got to fit in there for me. I mean, he, he walked away 76 points. He lit it up in, in attack. He, For me, he's, he's locked down. If that if Goodhue's staying 12, then Eno's locked down that 13. If Goodhue shifts to 13, I think you're still going to see Enner on one wing. I mean, he, he just offered so much to that game. The, the one thing to counter that is not only do they have George Bridge, who had the rest week this week, they have Will Jordan, who got 83 points, and he looked br- bloody brilliant as well. Um, so I don't know how they're going to fit these puzzle pieces together. You had Severis coming off the bench, um, but he went looking for the ball. He didn't get many genuine chances. And they had Lester Fanganuku, uh, who I think he was a good one-weeker, but I mean, he's going to be very lucky to get more opportunities. Yep. He is for, he is for sure. I mean, Will Jordan, yeah, he, he got 18 carries. I mean, the man just found the ball. They just needed to give it to him. And I think I heard them say during the game, uh, he's now played nine games for the Crusaders and he's got 11 tries. I mean, unreal. So, yeah. You could score tries in the back of that back line, buddy. You reckon? You reckon I have the pace to get in there? Um, no, all right. Well, do you want a few more points before we get to the fan for the, the fantasy points? Yeah. Look, I think some promising things. Jake Gordon was was quite solid for the the Tars. Uh, it's going to be good to see him get week in week out matches. Um, Harrison built into the game a little bit, grew a little bit in confidence. Um, I think he's definitely earned himself another start of that ten jersey. They don't need to stress and go shifting Beal there, which, I mean, we didn't think was going to happen anyway, but a lot of people did say probably would happen. Beal showed signs of promise, but he also just stuffed up a few times. So um, the last thing I want to touch on, Nawanganitawasi. I mean, he took a little while to get himself really involved in that game, that first 40 minutes. Didn't touch that ball much, but, boy, did he finish well in that second Half He scored a try. I think it was over Will Jordan. He actually shimmied inside with three or four defenders coming across, then stepped back out and dove and beautiful little bit of aerial sort of skills and, and got that ball down. He, he shows a lot of promise for me. He's still very raw, and I think the first half showed that he's going to take some time to, to totally build in that confidence and, and be an 80-minute player. But, I mean, there's so many good signs there. Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. That finish was world-class, so... Yeah, he's, you're right. He's just got to be refined. The, um, one, the one other thing they used for him is they did what they used to do with Falau, and they sort of figured out after Falau had been there a few years, do your kickoffs and just put Nwanganitawasi literally where it's going to land, like 10 metres across field and just kick it as high as you can. And he just got the ball back a number of times, which is going to be good. I mean, that possession is so, so key off kickoffs, especially once you score, you don't want to give that the other team an opportunity. That's the most dangerous time to, to be scored against. So that's definitely going to be a, a strong thing for the Tars moving forward. Cool, Baines. All right, well, let's round it out with the fantasy points, I think. Um, so I think the, I'll just, the top... 
You've nailed that one? I've been through the top I was just gonna, three. I was just gonna, yeah, I've been through the top three. I, I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, top five of the top five, four of them were Crusaders. No surprise there. They were all the outside backs. So, Avili, 98. Will Jordan, 83. Braden Enor, 76. Uh, Mark, Nung, Mark, Mark, can you hit me with the last name, Nils? I, I can't no, do it. No, I need to ask no, I need to ask mate. 57, 57 points on debut, so another strong debut. And Lester Fyinger Nuku on 55 points. So huge from the yeah. outside backs in that game. The t- Perfect. The All right. Got pumped in most they did. stats as they well. Did. <laughs> they did, but like promising signs. So um, yeah, like I wasn't great intent. You know, yeah. No one expected them to win that game, particularly in Christchurch. No. But um, no, like it I wasn't down and out about it. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't in Christchurch. Right. It was in Nelson still. Ah, of course you know it was there. Very good. Um, all right, let's pump out Stormers Hurricanes. 27-0. Uh, I think we said before this game, before the week came in, that we remembered last year it was the same fish over in uh, in as well. So um, I guess I, I didn't expect them to win it, but uh, I did expect them to put some points on. 27-0. I mean, yeah, huge from the Stormers. They definitely um, have set, set their season off right and put everyone on notice. So... Um, for this one, injuries, Khaleesi, MCL, six weeks or six to eight weeks. Um, Yako Kutsi limped off 53 minutes in. No mention of an injury, but kind of just holding his ankle. Both of them had pretty um, immense performances. I mean, I thought Yako Kutsi looked absolutely brilliant. Um, looked like he'd put on a bit more size as well, but um, yeah, he was he was brilliant. Um, and then Bongi Umbanambi, 48 minutes in. So Springbok hooker Bongi. Uh, he, he hyperextended the absolute shit out of his knee. So he just got kind of caught under a ruck um, and one of those things where he was falling backwards, his leg was just going the other way. It looked horrific. Um, so uh, it's a it's a hamstring tear. Yeah. That's all we know so far. Just wait, yeah. waiting to see the severity. He's definitely going to be hitting some bongies after the game just to ease that pain, I think. <laughs> For sure, mate. He's got a bag of those green whistles ready to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. So, so game notes in this one. Uh, I mean, look, in summary... <laughs> Herschel Yanchi's is an absolute beast. <laughs> he wow. is insane. Um, he, uh, I mean, he was into everything, but look, he showed his skill. He set up a, an absolutely brilliant try with a pinpoint crossfield kick from five metres out. He was just, you know, the Stormers are pumping the try line of the Hurricanes, and he just got the call, took the ball out of the back of the ruck, pretty much under the post, and just um, absolutely pinpoint kick over to the corner for Sir, Sergio Peterson to just um, dot it down, and that was, that was insane. So... Um, I mean, he, that was the first lightning strike. The second one was a 40-meter intercept try. You know, he's he's just always prodding and surging. Like, he just seems like uh, he, defenders are always in doubt around the ruck. He's, he's making people commit and have to stay in tighter. Like, he just the amount of, I guess, doubt that he uh, he causes is just so valuable. So, um, I think yeah, he's I going to be – he's definitely putting himself in line for one of the top um, fantasy halfbacks this year. Um all right, what else? Uh, there was a bit of a bit of a mistake fest from the Hurricanes in the first half, um, and that was mainly just because of Stormers, Stormers' pressure. The Stormers really just getting up in their grill. Um, Stormers' forward pack was just immense. You know, there's a lot of Springboks there. They've got the Springbok front row, World Player of the Year, Peter Steph Dutoy. Um, yeah, they were just absolutely the line speed up in their grill, and the Hurricanes just kind of didn't have any answers to it. So um, they just couldn't seem to get their, the ball to their big names. So I love... You'll find Lamape and, and Ben Lamb and, and such just barely ever, ever touched the ball. Like they just really didn't get a chance to to make an impact. Um, and then by the second half, you know, it was kind of it was too late and then they had two yellow cards. So that was really the story of the game. Billy Proctor in the, the 47th minute, um, 
he was running, he ran a really stupid um, like blocking line off a kick and just kind of took Will Empsey out. Uh, I think they milked it a bit, maybe a bit of home ground advantage, but look, I mean, it was definitely, you know, it was clear and obvious what he did. So yellow card there. And then Via Fafita coming off the bench shortly to return to it. He got a yellow card in 58 minutes. Um, and he, uh, he, look, he made a tackle on Scar and to Benny. Um, I thought it was fine, to be honest. It was shoulder to shoulder. He did wrap his arms. He just he just went in with his leading shoulder, went in hard. But um, I guess it kind of, it, when you put it in slow motion, it kind of looks like maybe it slipped up and hit Scar's chin after yeah, he hit him I, in the shoulder. I don't know. But what did you think? I, I think Scar sort of fell down a little bit into it. But, I mean, there, there wasn't a big intent from Fafita to to bend and try to make a low tackle in any way, shape, or form. Like, if anything, uh, it's one of those tackles that they're talking about where it could be a head knock, so that new rule that they're talking about and and warnings out of it. That's what I would have expected, one of those warnings. But, yeah, I mean, it it ended up being a yellow card. Yep. All right. Um, Story story of the game was 63% possession, 67% territory. Um, That's really all you need to know about this one. The Stormers just absolutely bullied the Hurricanes and... um, just controlled the game with their with their defensive pressure. So very good from them. In terms of fantasy points, um, we'll just go to the top couple. Stephen Kitsoff, the fire truck, immense game from him. Um, he played, I think he played six, almost sixty to seventy minutes. Um, scored, bagged himself a try, a few big runs, just everything you've come to love and expect from Kitsoff. Yako could see fifty six points. Like I said, big game before going off injured. The Lempsey fifty points, bagged himself a hundred meter intercept try to to round out the game. Um, and Herschel Yanchi's on uh, 57 points um, as well. So, yeah, big performances from them, and basically no one to note from the Hurricanes. So it was it was a one way it was a one way story that game. Harry, why don't you take us on to the Jaguares and the Lions to round us out? Yeah, Jaguares 38 dominated the Lions in the end to eight points. Injuries in this one, you had Joaquin Diaz-Ponisha get injured pretty early on. They think it's a muscle strain, but there hasn't been any injury updates out of their camp yet. That brought Domingo Miotti on very early, and he looked really good. Paul Tate is very vocal about the fact that he thinks Miotti is the future fly half of Argentina, and you can see why he controlled the game well, kicked well, put people into space. He was very, very impressive, and he scored a lot of points for it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Bautista Delgi as well, or the Del guy, uh, was also seen getting assessed on the sideline right on full time. But I'm not really sure what he's done there, and there wasn't actually a, a solid mention of him. He didn't technically get subbed because it was on full time. And Andre Warner, the halfback for the uh, Lions as well, hurt his ankle uh, as well. So not sure about the severity just yet. Um, the Lions looked really competitive in the first half. Uh, their highlight was definitely a great break down the short side of a scrum. They played it really, really well. Um, had no one in attack down there. Warner picked it up off the base and then just popped it out off to Leon Masson, the number eight, who's obviously very quick and no one had any idea. Made a big break for 40 or 50 metres and then as he got run down, popped it back into Andre Warner, who scored pretty easily. So that was an awesome move from them. For the Jaguares, the outside backs just all looked really, really good. Uh, oddly enough, Santiago Carreras uh, swapped back to fullback with Emiliano Buffelli, pushing him to the wing to start the game. Not sure why that was, but Carreras just looked absolute electric with his feet, exactly like every one of the other outside backs for the Jaguares. They were really, really exciting, all of them. 
particularly Cordetas, who I'm sure scored the best in fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it bodes pretty badly for Canciliere, who had a pretty breakout year last year as well and obviously has been uh, pushed down the pecking order a little bit. Halftime, the score was 10-8. Like I said, really, really competitive. And then in the second half, it kind of all fall, fell apart for the, uh, for the, uh, for the Lions. First of all, Creme tried to uh, kill the elderly Dr. Dr. Duplessis <laughs> with a shoulder charge about a metre away from a ruck. And uh, I, I know Kubeli was heard saying, oh, he's just rucking to the ref, but he wasn't having a, a bar of it. Yellow carded him. And then despite that, the Jaguares blew through with the Matias Moroni brilliant try, the first of his brace. The second one he scored again about 10 minutes later or 15 minutes later, throwing a dummy and sliding through, beating a couple of defenders and killing it. I'm sure I'm going to hear that he's the fantasy man of the match in a moment. He was awesome, and Orlando come on, came on late at the 12 jersey as well, but surely you just can't take Maroney off that 13 jersey. He's so, so good. The uh, match stats yeah, was... A, yeah? I was going to say, it doesn't uh, bode well for, um, you know, Geronimo de la Fuente and Matias Orlando. It's kind of like, they're not even that old, but they kind of feel like the old guard now with these absolute gun young players. Like, I know Maroney's yeah. been around for a while, but... Uh, even one Cruz Magia had an absolutely brilliant game at an inside centre. Absolutely. Um, from all reports. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, look, do- possession and territory is pretty even, but the Jaguares dominated all the other scores. Uh, 550 metres, 515 metres, sorry, to 335. 19 to 5 clean breaks, 37 to 13 tackle bus, massive. Um, and only 71% tackle success for the Lions, which is pretty awful. Who was the fantasy man of the match? Am I right? Is it Matthias Moroni? You're spot on, 84 points, huge from Matthias Moroni. So that's not too far off the uh, the top. Um, and, uh, you know, as expected, most of the um, Hagiwara's outside backs were right up there. So Santiago Carrera, 68 points. Uh, Miotti, as you alluded to, 59 points. So I know he came on early, but that's a huge score for a fly-half. So particularly a, yeah. a rookie fly-half. Um, and uh, Emiliano Befeji, uh 51 points. So um, they were pretty huge. Uh, they're... The only two guys worth a shout-out from. Okay. <laughs> Befeji, mate. It's, that's, it's just, that's his name on our pod now. You should know that. Um, <laughs> come on, mate. Uh, and, look, the only two players worth mentioning from the Lions. Still got big scores, but um, two of the back rowers. So I haven't watched this game yet, but they must have been getting through a mountain of work. Um, Len Masson, the number eight. So he's uh, got big wraps on him. Um, he scored 54 points. And uh, Nelson's favourite, the shoe man, Manus Schumann, 52 points. So... Can I, um, can I just put in an outer point there for our fantasy managers? So I'd be a little bit more nervous at the moment if I was a minus school man uh, manager because someone has just signed a three-year deal, a 30-year-old who once captain in the line. You might remember, Craig's Yako Creel. He is on is his he way home is it official? to the Lions, right? He, he is. Generally, so, we do return players in the main course, Nelson. You just couldn't contain yourself. Oh, mate, you I'm just too excited. That's it. Um, I'm surprised that you could, Harry. He, he was a star player for you for a couple of years. Was it you or was it Nelson? One of you had him as a star player uh, for was, a couple of years. That was back in the days when Nelson didn't come last, so that's why he sees his future. There's no doubt that's his oh. first pick this week. <laughs> Very good. All right. Um, well, with, with that, how about we move on to the main course? Um, it's going to be hopefully a bit of a shorter round two because um, there isn't a whole lot of players returning or anything, and we're kind of just... Uh, kind of just shooting in the dark here for what we expect for uh for round two um 
So, yeah, let's launch straight in. Um, first first match of the round, Highlanders and the Sharks. Um, so the Sharks just uh, obviously bagged themselves a really good home win uh, and they're just heading off on a four-week tour now. So they're... Um, they're off to yeah rip into the Highlanders for their first Highlanders first game of the season. Um, it's kind of oh sorry I have I've, that's a good point Harry I haven't mentioned Sunwolves have the bye in round two so um, we will not see the Moon Dogs um, and they will probably gather some more players to their squad this week so we'll just we'll see who who else they can <laughs> sign and come up with but um, yeah but yeah all and, right and back to the Highlanders. The one bloke that might be returning that people might have their eyes on, Ash Dixon was injured through the preseason, uh, didn't play the trials. So I think they said he's hopeful of being ready, whereas everyone else I think is pretty much clean bill of health. Excellent. And, um, yeah, for the Highlanders, I guess, look, any of the All Blacks that are left and haven't left and gone overseas, um, obviously there's the return to play protocols, you know, 40, 60, 80 minutes in the first three weeks. But, with a bye the first week, I think that just cancels that out for them. So, um, I mean, technically, play All Blacks should only be playing 60 minutes this week and then 80 the next week, but um, that oh, um, not, will be... That's not correct. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not correct. correct. It's um, 180 minutes they were meant to play, and the recommended was 40, 60, 80. So, mm. technically, they could just play 80. I'm, I'm sure that's not what's going to happen, but okay. um, as far as I know, if, if we're going off rounds rather than matches... Um, which I yeah. wouldn't understand why we'd be going off rounds rather than matches. Surely you just tell them that they have to play 40 this week. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, they might be doing similar things as well as what we saw the Crusaders do. George Bridge, that he's had one of his rest weeks already. I'm sure that counts for him. Uh, look, yeah. I, I think that was more around the fact that they have to manage so many All Blacks in the Crusaders, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, not as many as last week. year. Ray, Razor Robinson came out himself. He goes, it counts as a rest week. So, excellent. All right. Well, look, the the one note Harry's just jotted down here for me. The player that we're all excited to see come back and hopefully have a huge year this year. Harry, no, he's not Tyson Frizzell. He's not uh, NRL star Tyson ah. Frizzell. Shannon Frizzell, all, all black <laughs> flanker Shannon Frizzell. Um, he'll be coming back in. And um, yeah, look, I mean, I don't know what we, none of us know what was going on last year. Uh, how he got so little game time for such a absolute gun player. Um, surely he just has an absolute mortgage on this six jersey and we see as much of him as we can because he he's an absolute weapon. He could be one of the best back rowers this year. You know, could well be the best back rower this year, I think. What do you guys think? Uh, I, he's definitely up there for me. I think I had him rated as my second or third best. So there's just that risk about his minutes. If he plays all the way through, he's my favourite for top. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the most I'm, exciting. Sure, and because I'm talking through this game, I could talk about how excited I am to see star number eight Ben Tiriki Nicholas. Sorry, Tiriki Ben Nicholas. I always get that confused. Um, I hope he's starting number eight. He's battling with uh, other youngster Marino Tua Eli, uh, Tua Eli, I think. Um, but um, uh, anyway, thank you. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll be exciting, be exciting to see the uh, either of them. They're both really really good players, so both of them looking to make that eight jersey their own. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, they're my type of players, big, big blokes, big impact, uh, you know, big ball runners. Um, and we'll see I how they go. Today, so I read today that Tu'u will be in the 23, but they didn't confirm that he was starting. So definitely still a bit of a cloud around who's going to be the favourite for that jersey. Very good. All right. Well, so, I mean, this game basically is going to be, uh, yeah, we can't wait to watch uh 
Well, it'll be a measure of how shit the sharks really are. No, um, it'll be a measure of <laughs> can the sharks do do something different. You know, like it's it's not going to work for them. Uh, even even though the Highlanders have lost half of their stars, it's not going to work for them to just keep kicking the ball back. Because apart from the Crusaders, I think the Highlanders are the worst possible team that you can keep kicking the ball back to. They love returning the ball in play, and um, and they will do it all day. You know, they'll split you apart. So, uh, despite having lost a, a few players. We're, we're excited to see who are going to be the new big guns. So Josh Mackay, is he just going to step in, like one of the top try scorers from the Mitre 10 Cup? He could be a very, very able replacement for Ben Smith. Um, you know, they've got a, ho- a whole host of wingers, Tavita Nabura, um, Jonah Narecki. He was another top try scorer of the Mitre 10 Cup. Absolute lightning him. Uh, all New Zealand Sevens player. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're under the roof in Forsyth Bar Stadium. We're talking fantasy points, people. So... Um, the number yes, one it is it is absolutely the number Look, one place to play and get points one yep. thing I'm interested in to see is how that uh, the combination and, and how they utilise Hunt who they're saying he's taking on a bit of a leadership role there um, how they're going to utilise him and Josh Uwani as well do we see Josh Uwani playing at 12 do we see him playing at 15 which they did do a little bit in the preseason trial in that case do we see Mackay missing out or do we see him miss, uh, move to the to the wing so I mean there's definitely some unknowns here um, with the Highlanders and it's going to be really interesting I think this is going to show some real intent um, on how they're going to want to play this season Exactly. This, this, this game is basically going to say is going to set the scene for what are we to expect from the Highlanders this year? Because I think, I think of all the New Zealand teams, everyone has the lowest expectations of the Highlanders. So um, it's going to be how well how well are these new players, this young blood, going to do? So um, we'll see that, and yeah, whether the Sharks can play adapt to play a different type of footy. Uh, I mean, they've got some pretty world class players in their back line, but they're going to need to you know use them. So um, yeah, we'll see that. That's that's the story. We'll see how that goes. Um, Harry, or sorry, Nelson, rather, do you want to take us through the Brumbies Rebels? Yeah, look, uh, Friday Aussie Derby again. I mean, uh, you can't be too scoffed at that. We're going to be home ready to watch this game. Uh, look, I think this is going to be one-way traffic for me. The the Rebels just, they didn't put anything together. The Brumbies looked like they've sort of, um, similar to last year, the um, only sort of real difference is where they, they did struggle a fair bit. Um, in the scrum, I don't think the Rebels are going to test them out too much there. Uh, I'm interested. I mean, we, we've already sort of touched on a, a lot of their backs that were quite exciting. I don't think we'd see any differences. But, I mean, boy, at some point, I'd, I'd love to see um, Solomon Akata get that run at 12, um, meaning we'd probably see uh, Pulu come and shift on the wing. Or maybe we do see Andy Muirhead. Uh, filling out that wing spot as well. How do you think this is going to play out, Craigs? Yeah, no, look, I think you're spot on. I think uh, we've now proved that um, the Rebels are actually the Sunwolves of the Australian Conference. So, uh, I mean, if it's a time to test out Carter at uh, inside centre, it's got to be now, right? That's, you know, Surely. that's, uh, that's would, where you give it Would you go. agree there, Harry? Yeah, a- a- 100%. But at the same time, I think he's coming from rugby league. So, if they, they do get another chance to hit the Sunwolves later, I wouldn't be too surprised, to be honest, if they gave him a few more weeks to get used to actually playing the ball at the ruck and that kind of thing. Yeah, look, I mean, he's got that history, and I suppose they're going to be using him as a battering ram, whether it's on the wing or, or at inside centre. They did have him coming in and receiving it as a first receiver, basically, off the, the line out. So 
I mean, yeah, maybe it is the safe bet that they keep him on the wing, and they, they're still going to use him like that anyway. Um, other things that are going to be interesting to see how they shape up, that back row for the Brumbies, um, Rob Valentini, I mean, he showed some some good glimpses again. Uh, I mean, he's, he's just struggled with injury over the last few years. And Pete Samu, I mean, generally one of the most exciting guys in the back row for Australia for me, but he just he, he struggled to, to lock down a spot. Um, but, I mean, I'd love to see those two at six and eight. And Will Miller, I mean, I'd love to see him get a little bit more minutes um, over Tom Cusack as well and see who can really stamp their name on that seven jersey. That's something for me that, I mean, Tom Cusack made a few tackles but didn't do much else. And I think that was a bit lacking. Yeah, Brumbies to run awesome. away with it. Yeah, Absolutely. And how many tries then, actually, to uh, Falafinga? I hope they're rolling more. Oh, look, <laughs> uh, I, I could see a couple here. I mean, the, the Rebels really did seem to struggle in the defensive mall um, against the Rebels. So I'm hoping to, to see a few. Yeah. Do we um, – I'm sorry, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. I, I hate repeating stuff, but um, – uh, Luke Jones, do you think we'll see him injected into the starting lineup for the Rebels? Because he was off the bench uh, last week. Yeah, look, it's interesting. Darcy Swain, I think, did enough to to earn himself that spot. I think he he's quite a hard, tough sort of uh, lock there. I think he deserves another shot. Murray Douglas. He certainly did. He he certainly did for the Brumbies. I was asking about Luke Jones for the Rebels, though. Oh, I sorry, reckon Luke. Sorry. How do you play? <laughs> yeah, sorry. You reckon uh, Luke Jones? What did you say, Harry? You reckon he'll play the he'll start? Yeah, I reckon he'll play for the Rebels this week, not the Brumbies. Um, but, yeah, yes. I, I think he'll start over Ross Ayle Petty, for sure. Yeah, no, surely he'll start Got over him. Ross Petty and link, link with Matt Phillip. I was looking down at the Brumbies lineup in front of me. Yeah, no, surely surely he'll work his way into that starting side. Um, but, yeah, probably as a lock. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting whether Rob Liotta will be seven again. Surely not. Uh, I'm thinking we'll see Richard Hardwick maybe get a bit more of a chance at that open side flanker spot. Yeah, after that performance Something last week, you'd think that they have to give him a go. Yeah. I think right. they'll they'll need that against the, the sort of strong back row of the Brumbies too. But I agree with Harry's, Harry's, Harry's summary. I was just going to say, Brumbies by how much? That's it. Yeah. Uh, three three tries. They'll get a bonus point. Three tries. Very good. Chiefs all right, versus Crusaders. Let's go. The game that we all want to talk about. So returning, I mean, the biggest dog of them all, Damian McKenzie's coming back. That adductor tightness they said they would have played him if it was a final but they played it safe this time around so we'll see him in the sure? fullback jersey which means sure? to Shooter McGavin I'm very sure I've got no doubts in my mind Georgie Bridge had a rest last week just as an all-backs rest week so he'll come straight back in on one wing probably on the left wing you would think Severus has got to start after coming off the bench last week that should put put Will Jordan back to the bench, which is just outrageous. He's got to pay his dues a little bit in this stack crusader side, very similar to what Enor did last year. Um, you know, the only other one is that David Havili, who had the blinder last week, at some point will have to have a rest just to give these young guys a run. Um, but obviously, he's he's very well established in this side now as well. To me, and this is. Yeah, but I just think I'll have to give him a rest to give the other guys a run. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, with the exception of the Haguades, I think these are the two best teams in the competition, hands down. So this could well be your final preview. 
Um, I think the fact that the Chiefs are at home bodes well for the, the spectacle. I think the Crusaders aren't quite as good away from home. So to me, it really is the clash of the Titans. I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Cruden get in and get a start now that his visa issues are, are uh, well and truly sorted and there's no way they're going to try Caleb Trask against the Crusaders, just throw them to the wolves. So can't wait to see that. Actually, I think Trask will probably be out of the 23 with Damian McKenzie able to cover fly half as well, which is a bit of a bummer for him. Um, the inside centre role should be pretty interesting as well. They've obviously got a couple of very good players there. Um, Nankavell, I thought, was pretty disappointing last week, really. So if really he gets was. another chance, I think he really has to take it because, uh, you know, Tumor Manu's obviously breathing down his neck for that jersey. And obviously Anton Leonard-Brown will be starting after coming from the bench last week as well. Um, so lots and lots of uh, things there to think about for fantasy managers. Um, the only other thing I would say for this one is is keep in mind that last year the Crusaders were hands down the worst team for anyone to play for fantasy points, so they give up the least fantasy points in the comp. So the, the Chiefs are obviously going to play a little bit more off the cuff and they're an exciting side, but I think maybe this isn't the biggest week for some of those players. I think it's worth mentioning as well if you're I mean, it's, we don't have to toot Anton Leonard-Brown's horn. We all know he's a gun. But in, in that little time off he got off the bench last week, he already bagged 40 points. You know what I mean? He's he's <laughs> back well and truly. So Insane. he'll be good. Yeah. Uh, anything else from that game? Or just uh, can we can we just cancel all other Super Rugby fixtures next week and just watch <laughs> that game? Can they just play that game like seven, seven times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. for sure. I think it'll do just hinge on the Chiefs forwards and if they can get some dominance. I'm a little bit worried them losing two props, plus Brody Retallick and, you know, uh, what's his name, Luke Jacobson injured as well. Like, I just don't think that they quite have enough to contain the Crusaders. I think this year that might be the Crusaders' only weakness if you can dominate their forwards a little bit, but I just don't see them doing it with how young their pack is. For sure. Do we think, I guess questions are as well, um, First of all, where's Michael Allardyce? Like, um, not that he's the you know lighting the world on fire, but I thought for sure he was a shoe in to start. Um, he's not injured, is he? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, and do we think Sam Kane back to seven and Peter Gus at eight? Or um, I, re- I really hope think- so. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's, that's a hard one to pick, right? I mean, uh, the, you assume that it's it's an option, but I, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't assume that that's just going to definitely happen. Well, Mitch Carpey yeah, but no. has not got the same influence in a game as what Peter Gus does. Well, I mean, we're going to see that that change definitely happen when Luke Jacobson comes back, and that will be within the next couple of weeks. Mitch Carpey's not going to be there, no matter what, in a couple of weeks. Nelson says praying with Luke Jacobson in his team. All right, very good. Um, let, let's get on to the Tars Blues. So... Um, Waratahs at home. I actually don't even know where they're playing. Uh, is this game in? Is this the game in Newcastle? It's in Newcastle. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I will not be driving up to Newcastle for it. But um, either of you heading up for the game? <laughs> I don't don't think Harry will be either because he's in Melbourne. But uh, Nels, <laughs> yeah, the, look, the Lion I, Ranger. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to to be honest. But um, I am working on Saturday, and without either of you guys committed to come with me, and I'm sure most other people wouldn't be committed to come with me. I don't think I'd do it by myself. Fair this enough. All right. Wrong, so, there'll, so there'll be approximately five people at the game then, um, <laughs> but um, and they'll and they'll all be Blues fans. So, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This game. What to expect? I think, as we said, look, the Tars. Um, there was a lot of positives to take from last week. Uh, generally, look. I mean, if, if anyone's critical of the Tars, it's us, as uh, you know, 
devout fans. Um, but um, look, I think uh, you know, you know, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say the Blues are going to win this game. I think it's up for grabs. Um, it just depends. Yeah, really. I think Nelson nailed it when he said, you know, the difference what between the Crusaders and the Tars was just late in the execution. So um, if the Tars can do more of the same, but just actually <laughs> execute their skills better, then, um, you know, they could bag bag themselves a win. Um, I think they learned from last time they played in Newcastle against the Sunwolves. They, um, you know, just didn't start hard for their best players. Um, so this this time they'll be playing with a vengeance to try to bag themselves a win and impress the very small crowd in, in Newcastle. But look, all right, players returning. Um, Harry Johnson Holmes from an illness. So we didn't get to see him play last week. But um, as we've said, Absolute ripper year last year. This year, we're a little sceptical. We're waiting to be proven wrong. But just because he has really bulked up to um, slot into that tight head jersey. So we think that'll affect a bit of his mobility around the field. So a few of his um, his tackle numbers will come down and his, uh, um, his carries. Um, Ted Flanagan, Ned Flanagan. Uh, maybe we'll see him back with concussion, but who really cares? Uh, Mac Mason, um, <laughs> you know, he... <laughs> too harsh. Uh, groin injury. Apparently a chance to be on the bench, but um, look, I think uh, Coach Rob Penny's already come out and said that, uh, yeah, 100% Will Harris is definitely getting a start after performance last week. Yeah, what I no, mean, uh, yeah, what do you guys he think? Didn't no, he didn't say that. He, he said he's 100% willing to back the youngsters from how they're performing, but if Mac Mason's around, he basically suggested that if he's fit, he's a good chance of starting. He's saying that he trusts them 100%, but not he's 100% starting them. Well, here's my just reading the clickbaity title, which I don't know. I read it to say that he's, he's back at Will Harris at the start again. So there you go. I've, I read I've the article. article. <laughs> uh, very good. All right. Other things exciting. Jack Dempsey, hopefully he's starting again from the bench. So um, what do we think? At six or at eight? At eight, possibly? With Ned Flanagan back? Oh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, they seem to like Holloway. I reckon Swinton will be the first to give him a chance and slide out. Yeah, I think you're going to see Dempsey move into to six. Holloway is going to get another chance at eight. Um, but if he keeps performing the way he is, I think we'll see Dempsey shift to eight. Very good. All right. And then, uh, yeah, the key question for the Blues. Um, do the Blues of the first half or the second half from last week show up? So, um Will I guess will Para franchise get that back line under control? So um, yeah, he kind of just looked like he was panically like like panicked and shoveling it on last week. He was given some absolutely terrible hospital balls. So um, will we see a more confident um, I guess Para franchise with a bit of go forward? Um, the big question: Akira Yawani or Hoskins Satutu? Um, we all know where I stand on this. So Akira Yawani to start. <laughs> Last week, man, it's going to be very hard to drop him. The issue oh, is he doesn't know what Akira is doing. If Hoskins is constantly the man of the match, it's going to be hard to get rid of him. But I just going back to Para Franchise quickly as well, I don't know how many chances the Blues are going to give him as the goal kicker. So they need someone else to take that role as well. So I, I think there's a reasonable chance that they could shift the team around and put Duffy either out of the side or to fullback or even drop Para Franchise to... Uh, to try and give Plummer the stability to actually kick their goals. Yeah, very good. Um, I think, uh, look, the other questions, I think I think I really liked uh, Papa Lee and Big Red starting. Um, Big, Big Red was starting at lock, wasn't he? Um, not on the... Yep. Yeah. Um, 
So I think I think their kind of forward pack was pretty sure, apart from obviously Akira coming in. Um, and in terms of the backline, look, I mean, Rico played so well at wing last year. Why would you Why would you move him? I, I'd be surprised if we don't see much of the same from them to to give that combination another go. Um, yeah, this team will really just this game will just be who gets up uh, early, so who um, who starts well. Uh, and um, yeah, like I said, I think it's coin toss who's going to come away with this. But uh, yeah, let's let's get on to the next one: um, Lions and Reds. Nelson. Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's a few interesting things here for me. Uh, look, it, it's in South Africa first of all, and uh, so I don't. I mean, I, I'm going to love to see the Reds give this a real crack, and I think they've got an ability to do it. I think they've just got to be able to hold out and play 80 minute footy. They showed some really solid signs um, against the Brumbies, but the Lions are always a tough contest at home. When we're unsure, I think we're leaning towards the chance that Ross Cronier may be returning. Um, he's been struggling with a pretty significant uh, ankle injury, um, but he is fully training with the squad, so there's a good chance that he will be there and he'll be uh, ready to go in some capacity. Andreas Kotsia, uh, he's returned back a week or so, a week or two ago from Japan, so he's been getting those yards in with the squad, so... I mean, there's a good chance we'll see him come back into some capacity. Whether it is at starting fullback, I mean, for me, Tian Suanapol had uh, a couple good kicks, didn't get to do too much else. So I'd be surprised if we don't see Kotsia come back onto fullback. As we alluded to before, Yako Creel, he's signed. Uh, look, I wouldn't expect to see him in his first week returning to the Lions um, when they do have the man there as well. Um, so I think we might, if we're lucky, we might get to see him on the bench. Um, it, it's just going to be interesting to see this game. I, I, I could see the, the Reds giving a fair shake to the Lions. For me, the, the Lions didn't seem to use um, a lot of their, I mean, didn't use their wings as well as they could have. Tyrone Green, we've talked ad nauseum about him. He's, he's such an exciting, talented player. And uh, he just didn't really get to get his hands on the ball very much. Um, Dan Creel went down early. That's Jesse's Creel, Creel's twin brother. He went down early. Um, Skozan, I think he got a few opportunities. So it's going to be interesting. If Harry, do we? What do we know about Dan Creel's injury? Uh, I think it was just a head cut. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, they said that that won't really affect him. Yeah. No, he's um, look. I, it would be lovely to see Similani come into the squad. I mean, he, for me, he offers so much more than Duncan Matthews, both in defence and attack. Duncan Matthews, I mean, he made a few few sort of big errors throughout the match. He he didn't do too much else uh, correct either, I, I'd say, for them. So he was a little bit of a passenger on the field. Um, yeah, Harry, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we, we contacted Brendan Nell last week just saying what the hell is going on. Um, but uh, he said that they randomly decided, well, not randomly for them, I guess, but they oddly said they didn't take him on tour to prepare him for the Reds game. This is Wondersili uh, Similani. So I know yeah. you're a Similani owner, Nelson, and you'd just be frothing on that, but maybe he had a niggle or something, but we're, we're guessing he's going to play. Yeah, you'd assume so. He's just, he's dynamic and exciting. He's going to, I mean, that clash with him and Patea is going to be exciting. Patea didn't get to have as many opportunities last week. So he's going to be looking to, to get his hands on that ball a fair bit more. 
Um, and I think that 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 center partnership with O'Connor is, is actually going to work out really well with O'Connor distributing quite well through there as well. Um, I think Isaac Rodder, we should assume that he's going to be back now and, and starting, which means we'd probably see Blythe to the bench, um, Hocking still injured as well. Um, how do you guys see this playing out? I, I, I'm so excited to see more of Isaac Lucas um, and Hegarty. They both sort of worked well in, in, in tandem. Um, Hamish Stewart, yeah, look, I mean, he is that guy that they're just going to use the, to fill a number of spots, 10, 12, or 15, but I just can't see him breaking his way into this starting side. Um, you got yeah. James O'Connor there as well. There's too much cover. I actually don't think he's going to get much of a run at all, even off a bench. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I think he's there as injury cover more than anything, basically. Like he's just not going to get too much of a run around. Yeah, no, yeah. I think. Look, I mean, they were doing they were doing it last year with Hamish Stewart and Hegarty, just you know, dual playmakers. So if you have a, a ruck in the middle of the field, you can have one on either side ready to go. But um, thought they were running the same thing with Isaac Lucas and Hegarty, and it was just just working absolutely ripper. And I think. Uh, I think Lucas is clearly preferred um, over Hamish Stewart. So, yep, it's uh, see, see a champ to Hamish Stewart. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, look, I mean, we put the point in here. I have to talk about my boy, Taniela Tupo. Um, we saw glimpses of uh, what, what can be, some, some big runs and some big scrums. He was absolutely annihilating the scrums. Um, but he did just get uh, absolutely dick all fantasy points. So, um, only scored three points. Um, <laughs> after giving away a couple, couple couple penalties and stuff, but um, you know, promising signs. If you oh, also like, how did he not score a try? I mean, there was like three or four times when the, the Reds are just sitting on their line and they kept giving it to. I think it was Angus Scott um, Scott Young kept Young. bloody robbing him. He just kept jumping in Scott Young. Sorry, mm-hmm. kept jumping in front of him and taking taking a ball. They were trying to give off to Tupo. It was just like it was prime Tupo territory to crash over. What are you doing, Angus? Sit down, mate. Let him get the ball. All right, that's my uh, rant over. <laughs> I think there's one last um, big point for this game. Yeah, w- one more big point. Um, I mean, they're, they're sort of to and fro between Alex Murphy and Brendan Pangamosa. Pangamosa has got an injury. He picked up an injury on the weekend, uh, which saw Alex Murphy shift in. So, I mean, by all reports, we're, we're not going to be seeing Brendan Pangamosa this weekend. Um, and, I mean, they do have a couple other guys on the books, but no one really notable. Um, Sean Farrell was one of their younger guys that they've seen come in. They don't have Effie Ma'afu anymore. So, I mean, I'd just be expecting big minutes for Alex Murphy. Um, what do we know about Brendan Pangamosa's injury, Harry? Uh, nothing on the severity just yet, I don't think. I, I, I think because of the fact that he tried to tape it and just failed awfully, I think that it's a pretty good indication that it's a middle-grade injury. So you would think it's four to six it's, weeks, I think, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think that basically wraps it up. Look, I'd love to see the Reds give it a, a fair shake here. And look, I mean, it isn't out of their reach, but uh, I think it's going to be a little too far for them. They might stay in it for 60 minutes and then fade away. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, Harry, why don't you take us through the Stormers and Bulls, or um, as we're going to call it, the Snorfest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how did I cop two of these South African derbies in one podcast? <laughs> uh, look. I think, <laughs> before we get onto that, the returning players, J.D. Schickling, Coppers Vise, and uh, Juano Augustus, probably said Juano Net wrong, um, they are both meant to be back either this week or next. 
Um, I know Kovas Visea was a knee injury from last year, but the other guys, there's not really a lot of information about them. So they're all a decent shot of playing. You would have to think with the amount of depth that they have, Schickling would come back via the bench for one week. Kovas Visea might just go straight in for Sia Colisi or otherwise Juano Augustus, I know, is a man, a huge potential number eight that the uh, South African fans have been hanging out to see get a real shot and try and make a fist of it. So that would be quite interesting if we could see him get some big minutes and see if he's actually got what it takes to perform at this level. Um, I, uh, I I don't see the Stormers making too many changes to their side after how well they played last week against the Hurricanes. It just wouldn't make much sense. But realistically, I guess the big thing for this one is it's going to be one for all the fans of props and the ex-props in the game. This is just going to be a mouth-watering front row. I can't wait. It's just like dead set. Both front rows and their reserves are all absolute weapons. It's going to be big scrum after big scrum. They're going to be kicking in their they're South African, they'll be knocking it on and it's just going to be scrums left, right and centre. They'll be putting their heaviest packs on, no doubt. This will, this will probably be taken up there. We'll be well over the 900 kilo mark, I reckon, if you've, you've seen some of these second rowers for both these teams. Um, and uh, I reckon uh, Franz Malherber will be packing down a few extra donuts this week just to really, you know, make a concerted effort there. So yep. how early do we think we're going to see a drop goal from Mornay staying in this game? Pretty early? Oh, <laughs> Look, he'd do it off the kickoff if he could. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just wants to get he just wants to get on the board, I think, really. But um, it only took him no, 37 be, minutes last week. The only saving grace is that uh, you'd think Valemsi won't want to buy into that game. You know, you'll think he'll be like, "Nah, stuff yeah. this. I'm going to take it yeah. on myself we'll and, uh, yeah. and have a few yeah. runs." Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of Valencia, if you if you dart one man out, Jamie Roberts obviously started last week. I'm hoping that they see Rickus Pretorius give a, oh, get a run and throw him in early oh. in the season. I know, I know they brought Jamie Roberts over for a season. It's probably not going to happen, but I think we're all hanging out to see that happen. And maybe that might make the game a little bit more interesting rather than a big old bulldozer running that channel. Look, I, I, Man, I could think see it's... him coming in for Ruan Nell, to, to be honest. like Yes, Ruan Nell's had a, a lot of promise, but we, we haven't seen too much there when he's had those shots. He didn't really do too much on the weekend. Um, Jamie Roberts, yeah, sure, he, he's an old bloke, but I mean, he, he showed a few signs of promise there. But um, I mean, I suppose neither of them really lit anything up, did they? No. Yeah, I was, was... was going to say, look, I, I thought Nell actually played uh, had, had a relatively good game for him last week. Um, I think him, they yeah. quite clearly, yeah, they, <laughs> for him, yeah. I think they've brought across Roberts to like, what what better mentor could you have for uh, Rickus Pretorius? So you know, show him the ropes. Uh, I don't know how much there is to show someone uh, when it's just run a crash ball at uh, 12 all day long. But, um, you know, uh, I think, yeah, very much that, that that's going to be a timeshare type of scenario. So I don't I don't see JR playing 80-minute games all the time. He's over there for a holiday, you know, um, experience some of those South African crowds. But, um, yeah, this yeah. is going to be a big game, the battle up front. Uh, look, I think if it was up to popular opinion, Mornay Stain would be dropped. And then the game will be far more exciting. But uh, oh, so we all see Money Leboc have a go against Damien Valencia and just see the young, the young have a crack at each other. But I think, to be fair, Mornay Stain was very, very polished in his first game back for the Bulls. I don't like how they played the game, but he did it very well. So I don't see that happening. The, 
the last thing was the uh, outside backs for all the South African sides this year. I think it's the most exciting bunch of outside backs I've ever seen across the board for the South African side. So just give them the ball. That's all I'm asking. Please. Give them yeah. The ball. yeah, I agree. That's it. Yeah, that, Thunder and Lightning, Sonatla and Peterson. Stormers by 11. Oof, I'm going to yeah. go by three, just just because I think it still could get roped into the penalty goal game. It's got to be by divisible by three, really. Um, yeah, just... yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I'm going to go somewhere in between. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, six points. All right, very good. Well, uh, the Haguares Hurricanes. I'm not very prepared for this at all, so um, this will be a group effort just to round out the previews for um, for next week. But uh, look, I guess it's for the Haguares like. Um, yeah, how how can they get get going earlier? So, um, whilst the Lions certainly played really well in the first half, um, how can the Haguares you know start off um, stronger? Um, and for the Hurricanes, uh, pretty much the same story. Like, what have they got to do to um, really change it up? Uh, the Haguares, you know, we've talked many times. We joke about them being the Pumas, being the Test side. They're all about the the rush, like the big defence, the big line speed, getting in your face and. So it's going to be kind of a, more of the same of what they experienced with the Stormers last week. So um, they're really going to have to change a few things up. Uh, returning, Geronimo De La Fuente. So uh, I, I actually forget, was he still named captain again for the 2020 season? Uh, I honestly don't know. No, I, I, don't, I don't remember an actual <laughs> announcement going out, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember we yeah, asked... We named Paul. captain. What? Was, you reckon Dezio was? No, we should... Well, what, one of you... Was. Ha- one of you have a quick Google of that. But um, anyway, with Geronimo coming back, you'd, you'd have to think, despite um, how well uh, Cruz Magia played in at 12, you'd have to think um, uh, he, he, Geronimo was slot straight back in. He's kind of really the, the bedrock of that back line. Um, and whether he's captain or not, you know, he's, he's captain in that back line. He's calling the shots. Um, so uh, with with him back, like, do you then bring Matthias Orlando in just because they're the you know familiar duo? They've got quite a few caps both yeah, uh, in Super Rugby, Super Rugby, and um, for Argentina together. Um, or yeah, do you stick with the youngsters? I don't know. What do you guys think? You start. I mean, I think you stick with Moroni. He he offered so much there, and I think it's he's just going to look better outside De La Fuente. To to be honest, I think that's something that if I was I was the coach, that I'd want to be seeing those two together and, and, and seeing how that develops. I know Orlando, he's been there. Yeah, I completely agree that that's what they should do. But for some reason, they constantly pick Orlando over him. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do the opposite and just drop him. And I can yeah. confirm, Oronimo de la Fuente, the hero, is the captain. So how, how do you see this, boys? I've got a question for you. After just, last hold on, before... before. I was going to say, just before that, just in rounding out that point, sorry, um, I think one one thing possibly we could see is with Geronimo coming back, we could see Orlando starting purely because I think Orlando is seen as the um, the better defensive outside centre. And um, just with the Hurricanes, with La Marpe, you know, cutting up back lines, um, they could just want to really lock him down That's with true. two very good defensive centres. So I think that is something we could possibly see. But sorry, to your, what was your point, Nels? Uh, my point was, look, I mean, the, the Hurricanes left a lot to be desired last weekend. But, I mean, Billy Proctor, there's a lot being said about him and his talent. We didn't get to see much of it. I mean, there is a guy we have seen lots of his talent, and that's Vince Asso, who sat on the bench um, for most of that game until sort of coming in. I think he had 20, 23 minutes and didn't really inject himself into the game. But by that point, 
the Hurricanes were well and truly absent in that game. I, I really would love to see them have Lemarpe and Lasso, who have played together before and have just been so exciting, linking up at uh, at twelve thirteen. So that my gut tells me that I think that's what we will see. Um, and I'm just interested to see as well, do we see Fletcher Smith get another crack or, or do we see um, Jackson Garden Bashup have a, have a go? But, I mean, if, you, if you've backed um, one of them in round one, Fletcher Smith, uh, I mean, they've probably done it for a reason. So do you guys think we're going to see him there again this weekend? Yeah, look, I think Harry and I both think Fletcher Smith is you know, has some potential. He's very good, but I don't know. I mean, I did watch that game pretty closely, and I actually don't know what to tell you. I didn't see him do anything exceptional. I don't think I really saw him do anything wrong. Uh, I don't think he was – you know, I think Stephen Parafranchise, to me, for example, had um, had a worse game, like a noticeably yeah. worse game. I think Flet- I don't think Fletcher Smith was really a reason the Hurricanes didn't do well against the Stormers, but um, I didn't really yeah. see him excel up. Yeah, I don't know. Harry, how do you feel? Uh, look, that that's yeah. I, di- I didn't see him do anything, to be honest with you. So yeah, because I didn't see the game. So uh, <laughs> ah, okay, well, fair enough. That's 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 a good point. Um, okay, no, well, that's a that's certainly a good question. I guess the other questions with players, who will we see playing? I, I think, look, uh, I think we'll definitely see the same outside backs combo from the Haguares. I think um, one of the questions is, will we see Odegadezio slot in? Uh, you know, we all thought he would have be a shoe in for the the six jersey. Um, we thought it would be him and Lozana every every week. I think he was nursing a niggle, to be honest with you. So uh, okay. he, he's actually one I'm not sure. They, the Haguardes haven't really released any media whatsoever so far this week. So um, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I don't even think he was in my... Um, he's not on the casualty wardy. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure right. what's going on there. And in rounding it out, obviously, we'll have to watch this space with uh, Diaz Benicia's injury. Um, do we... Do we have anything on that yet, or we're still just waiting to see um, with him? Yeah, just just waiting. Nothing's been released, like I said. Sorry, okay, perfect. Um, so, but if he is injured, yeah, Domingo Miotti getting in there—that's exciting. Um, yeah, he's the one we all want to see playing. So that'll round out the Haguares. And for the Hurricanes, yeah, I mean, like I said, what do they do? What do they do differently? It's going to be a similar kind of game for them. They're in hostile territory again. The Haguares always play well at home uh, in Buenos Aires. Um, so yeah, what do what do the Canes do differently? Um, I don't think we'll see many personnel changes. Maybe you know, Vi Fafita into starting, bringing bringing the All Black. Although he did come on and get a yellow card straight yellow. away last week. Yeah, I know. But I'm just trying to think how how can they how can they bolster up? You know, like how can they strengthen their their starting? I mean, I don't know if Dane Coles went away on tour. I probably should have looked that up. But um, can we, that, that's someone that's, he didn't. No, and neither did James Marshall. Okay, well, those are two difference makers that uh, I could have seen make a difference. But, um, yeah, I guess like Nell said, Vince Arso, if they want to throw him in to give him a go. But I think uh, we've mentioned many times he's doing himself in because he's just that perfect utility bench player. So, yeah, I don't really have anything else on this one. Um, it's going to be more of a you know, wait and see, see what, if the Hurricanes can get it going and if they can get Lamarpe some ball, basically. But, um, yeah, yeah, all right, well, well that will round out... We- yeah, Sorry. I don't think we'll, we'll see uh, another game as poor as that by the Hurricanes. I think, look, uh, for me, that's a one-off. Even if they're not going to be brilliant every week, I mean, that I've never seen them play like that. And they've got so much talent in the centres and in, in the outside backs. So I, I don't think we'll see that again. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think we all can agree that we think the Haguar is to win this one. But, um, yeah. but yeah, will we yeah. see more of, a, more of an effort? 
Excellent. All right, let's move on to uh, it's just about time after we finish main course for our. And our dessert is brought to you by 15 gelato, uh, 15 grams of protein per little bucket of gelato, a delicious tasting, healthy gelato. Um, peanut butter flavor is the one to get after, but uh, you can find it at 15gelato.com.au. Uh, 15, you, of course, spelled. No, I wish I was. Um, and again, we're going to have to have words with our sponsor about uh, this uh, delivery. I don't know. Maybe you should look at a subscription system or just like a, you know, a regular. We, we need to get a regular courier in. Um, so, I mean, we didn't need a Melbourne one either. We, be having words, but, um, we did a draft that's at true. his factory and we didn't even get any. Yeah. How did we. Uh, it's because it finished at <laughs> two in the morning that we forgot to. We forgot to all ramsack a, a box each and take it home. But um, yeah, that was. That yeah, was anyway. Yeah. We will say he did He did deliver to Morgan Turanui, as promised. So uh, Morgs was very stoked to get his hands on some uh, some 15 gelato and um, was a big fan. So excellent. All right, for dessert, we're basically just going to have a quick quickly touch on um, yeah what's going on with the DraftRugby.com platform and site. So we did a, uh, release a small article just on, I mean, obviously we wish we had a completely up and running uh, platform now. Uh, we've, we've wanted it for a long time. But um, look, we're basically relaunching the site. We've had... Um, our absolute weapon software engineer, Hugh, come in um, and really redesign significant parts of the back end, um, just leveraging his experience in, um, in just building like scalable and tangible uh, software development projects. So that was uh, <clears throat> a lot of my mistakes in um, kind of just rushing into it and um, building out lots of the, I won't, we won't get too technical, but building out a lot of the front end um, uh, infrastructure and kind of not thinking about the higher order system system uh, infrastructure and architecture questions and um, really ran into a lot of strife there at the end. So um, anyway, what we're doing is hopefully the stats will be up by tomorrow um, site. So we're starting to launch with our stats, comp- comprehensive stats, um, and then uh, yeah, we're going to slowly add features to it that way. So we're just we're getting the new site up, stats. You'll be able to yeah search for players. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll obviously post out when that's up. And um, yeah, we're hoping to just make more development updates as we go. We realise that um, just need to communicate better on on how we're going. But yeah, we are making some real progress. We're really excited about what we're seeing, um, uh, the, the progress we've made over the last month. And um, yeah, I'm pumped. What about you guys? Yeah, look, I'm I'm really excited to see it come together and and see the little bits that are we're getting updates multiple times throughout the day, like dozens of times throughout the day because there's, there's a lot going on. It's just not necessarily visible to, to everyone else, but you know, we're, we're seeing it constantly and it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. Can't wait so, to see more come out. This will be an exciting first step. Exactly. And there'll be a look, once we once we can as well, we'll shoot out an email again. So it'll be kind of a, a resubscribe job to um to get development updates and you know basically you'll be able to receive notifications as new things get released um and uh, and check them out so uh yeah stay tuned um and look that's going to be us for uh for for round one thanks very much guys we will (laughs) see you next week you see ya stay slutty